Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Remain standing. We'll look at these wonderful scriptures this morning. And I pray that this will not be a message that you're going to say, I've heard that so many times before. And Hebrews 4.12, everybody read the word together. For the word that God speaks is alive and full. It's not there yet. Of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Amen. Amen. We are going to uh, discuss and talk about this morning how to read the Bible. So find someone, give them a high five, and ask them, are you reading your Bible? Amen. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated, please. Yeah. Because it's important. You know, many times we get so familiar with the Bible. And after the 830 service, I was blessed by a sister approached me and said, Pastor, thank you for reminding me because I, I, I tend to forget that it should be a part of my life. And many times you start by, uh, you say, okay, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to read the Bible today, but I'll read it tomorrow. Only to find out that you forgot it again, so you're not reading it the next day. Only to find out that after a week, you have forgotten reading the Bible, so you're going to say, okay, I will read the Bible after a month. Then only to realize it's already been weeks and months and you have not read the Bible. So this morning, my prayer is that after we finish these scriptures and this wonderful lesson, that we are going to have this commitment and desire and the challenge that this book will be a part of our life. Amen? Amen. That the Bible. And so how to read the Bible, I put it. Uh, in, in a simple, uh, for us to remember, read, R-E-A-D. One, to read the Bible, we need to read the Bible with reverence. Number two, to read the Bible, we need to read the Bible with excitement. Number three, to read the Bible, we need to read it with immense appetite. And then we need to read it with a, with a heart of devotion. Amen. The moment we realize how important the Bible is, we are going to read it differently. We are going to understand and realize that the value of this book is so powerful upon our lives. So the first one is read the Bible with reverence. With reverence. In a beautiful story in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, beginning with verse 19 to 21, there is a young man who was installed as king, and his name was Josiah. He was eight years old when he became the king of Israel. But the Word of God has a beautiful commentary upon his life that it says, He followed the footsteps of his father David. 
And as we realize this morning, this is a young man who is ruling and reigning in Israel only to find out that there is something missing in the land. So when they, got, when they come to the point where they are going to build the temple, they are fixing the temple of God, and they were making it, uh, um, uh, they are renovating it so that it will become beautiful again. One of the priests happened to find a book, and the book that was written was from Genesis to Deuteronomy, which is the Pentateuch book. And they read it. They presented it to King Josiah. This is the first time that King Josiah heard what was written in the Bible. And I want you to see the response. I want you to understand how King Josiah responded to the Bible. The Word of God says in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse 19, it says, When King Josiah had heard the words of the law, he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan the scribe, and Isaiah, servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah about the words of the book that is found. For great is the Lord's wrath that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in it. The attitude of King Josiah was full reverence to the Word of God. He realized that God is speaking to to, uh, their time. And God is saying, you have offended me. You have hurt me. You have disobeyed me. And in response to reverence to the Word of God, he tore his clothes, bowed down in the presence of God, and said, come on, let us find out what God wants to do. I submit to you this morning until we come to a commitment and a decision that when we enter and read the Bible, it should be an attitude of God. What are you telling me? What are you saying to me? And when you reach that point where you so revere the word of God, God will speak to us. Second Chronicles 24 verse 26 and 28. This is the wonderful response to the attitude of King Josiah. Look at what the word of God said. He said, but in verse 26, God speaking to the prophet, and he said, tell this to King Josiah, but the king, but, but say to the King Josiah of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the words which you have heard. Because your heart was tender and penitent and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and and its inhabitant and humbled yourself before me and rent your clothes and wept before me, I have heard you, says the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to, the fa- to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the evil that I will bring upon this place and its inhabitants. So they brought the king word again. I want to submit to you this morning, when you treat the Bible with humility and with humbleness and with reverence, the promise of the word of God to Josiah will be upon us. 
the first blessing that you're going to have when you humble yourself and read the Bible with reverence is that you will have an open communication with God. God said to uh, Josiah, because you responded to this, to my word, with humility and humbleness. I want you to know that when you read the Bible with that kind of commitment, God will speak to you. God will speak to us. Secondly, not only when we humble ourselves and have that kind of attitude of reverence, not only God will communicate to us, God will give us a commitment of his promise to us. Look at what he said in that scriptures. He said, I will gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the evil that I will bring upon you. Another, another blessings that I want, to, I want you to understand. When you commit your, your life to reading the Bible with reverence is that you will have a covering from God. He will communicate to you. He will make a commitment to you and he will cover you because God said, and I will bring you upon this place and its inhabitants and you will not see all these disasters upon your life. So I want us to understand this morning, how do we read and how do we approach the Bible? How do we read the Bible? Because many times the way we approach the Bible will determine how the Bible will respond to us. Sometimes we read the Bible with an attitude of lottery ticket. Ah, what is the promise? Samuel 18:19, page 267. That's a good number. You know? And if we read the Bible with this understanding that you are going to get something from Him, I submit to you, that is not humility and reverence. When Josiah first heard what the Word of God said, he made an honest-to-goodness response. He humbled himself. Amen. And that's how we need to respond to the Bible, is we need to understand this is the Word of God. I did not say this contains the Word of God. I did not say some of these are the words of God. I said this is the Word of God. And the Word of God says it is powerful. And so we need to treat the Bible with reverence. Secondly, how to read the Bible? We need to read the Bible with excitement. Amen. You know, many times, I don't know about you, but we're all the same. You know, if you grew up to, uh, in church, you always hear, let's all stand, let's open our Bibles. And then we get so used to it that we fail to realize there is something special about this book. Amen. Why should we be excited about the Bible? Because the Bible says this Bible can make it is active. It is operative, it is energizing, it is effective, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. And I always say this in this pulpit, I hope you remember that. Give, find someone who owns a dirty Bible. And I will, I will show you a man who is living a pure life. 
a clean life. But show me a man who has a clean Bible. And I will show you a man who has a dirty life. Because when you read the word, this word will make, it will be active in your life. It will operate in your heart. It will energize you. It will be effective. And most of the time, it will always correct your attitude and your character. Why? Because the Bible is a lie. But the way we treat the Bible, if you come and say, mm, Bible time again. You know, okay, I just need to read the Bible. No, we need to read the Bible with excitement. With excitement. And if we don't treat the Bible with excitement, I submit to you, you will never hear and see the promises of God in a very special way. I shared earlier, you see our generation that we are raising up now? Man, I am not kidding you. I am, I am amazed how excited they are in playing, in playing their, their, their phone, <laughs> playing their, their, their PS3. I am not kidding you. They can stay. I, I, as a matter of fact, my wife and I made a rule with my grandson, Michael. I said, Michael, this is the rule. You use the, the iPad or the iPhone after 30 minutes, you stop. And then you, uh, you do other things. And then after 30 minutes or an hour, open it again. My grandson said, okay. It only worked for one day. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> my, my grandson will get my phone and he will only return it because it's dead. He will get my iPad and he will return it because it's dead. Can you, can you imagine how, and, and how, how, how time flies for them and, they, and they're just enjoying it? You know, so what I did is I'm, I, you know, I am, I am in charge with, uh, with my grandson to read, you know, so... His, we were reading books. So what I did, I bought some Christian books. You know, those, you know, Lord, I want, I want to know about school. I want to know about honesty. I want to know about how, you know, what, what, is, about, what is cheating. I want to know about not losing my temper. My grandson was, was reading it, you know. But you know what, though? You learn that when you read the Bible. The Bible is the best one that will guide you and help you to have a good character. The Bible will be the one to give you the best insight on how to make the right decision. And if you read it with such excitement. Look at, there is a church during the time of Paul in Acts 27, verse 30 and 13. It says, look at this. It said, immediately when night came, the believers sent Paul and Silas to the city of Berea. And when Paul and Silas arrived in the city of Berea, they entered the synagogue. The people of Berea were more open-minded than the people of Thessalonica. They were very willing to receive God's message. And every day, listen to these people of God, every day they carefully examined the scriptures 
to see if what Paul said was true. Amen. It did not say every Sunday. What's the, what's the word? Every day. They go to synagogue and they carefully examine the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. Many of them became believers and quite a number of them were prominent Greek men and women. When you have that kind of attitude that when you read the Bible, you are excited because God is speaking to you. God is guiding you. God is protecting you. God is giving you guidelines to walk and to grow in your walk with the Lord. I submit to you this morning, you will be successful. I asked the, the early, the, uh, early, on the early service, how many wants to be successful here? Let me see your hand. How many wants to be prosperous here? Man, that's faster than successful, huh? How many wants to prosper? Oh, hallelujah. How many wants to be rich? Ha! But do you know that there is a promise in the Bible that if you follow and obey, He promised you that. Look at Joshua 1.8. Can we, can we set this up? Can you put that Joshua 1.8 for me? The book of Joshua is right after Jojo. <laughs> Joshua 1.8. The word of God says is this. Okay? This, it's not there. It's not there. Just so open. I, I didn't get the chance to put that verse. So just put it on the scriptures. And it says, uh, it, it's not there. You're not going to find it there. <laughs> you will never find it there. But we have a Bible software there. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe. That's not the one. <laughs> that you may observe and obey what is written in it, and you will be successful and prosperous. Amen? That is a promise from the Word of God. And I submit to you, I saw it with my own eyes. I was growing up at the church of my sister in Bikutan. A family got saved. And this whole family goes to the church of my sister. They attend church faithfully. But then the first thing that they requested to my sister is that, can we have a Bible study in the house? And so they had Bible study. Look at that word. Then you will be what? You will be what? And what? Ah, so that's the word of God. Amen? That's the word of God. But see, many times, many people just claim the last part. You will be prosperous and successful. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. You know, if you want prosperity and success, you need to follow the top one too. This book of the law, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Amen. This family from Taguig, I saw them with my own eyes when I was growing. They have that small Nipa house. And that small Nipa house has all these members of the family who are there. 
But as they commit their lives to, uh, to reading the Bible, having a Bible study, commit their lives to serving the Lord now, the whole, the family now, my, you know, one of them are going back and forth from Oslo, Norway to the Philippines because they own now a element, a, 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 a Christian school from elementary to high school. And, and the husband is, uh, is married to my sister. I saw how the Lord blessed them. I saw how the Lord prospered them. But they started poor. They started living in that small Nipa house. Now they own so many property. It is amazing. Why? Because the promise of the word of God says you will be prosperous and successful. If you treat the Bible with excitement that God has a wonderful promise for us, He will make a commitment to do it for us. So how do you read the Bible? Do you read the Bible with excitement? Or you read the Bible. God is speaking to us today. Do we read the Bible with that kind of attitude? Where it says, what is the shortest verse in the Bible? You know? Because to read the Bible, we need to read it with reverence. And then read it with excitement. We need to be a Berean church. Amen? The Berean church said they carefully examined the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. I want you to know this morning. And please listen to this. Don't just listen to what I say. Back it up with the word of God. Amen? Because if I am preaching and it's not according to the word of God... You need to be bold enough to say, Pastor, you are reading not according to what the Word of God is. Because many times, there's a lot of people who are being confused straight away because they just listen to wonderful preaching. But if it's not according to the Bible, then you can be deceived. Amen? That's, that's what we need to have. We need to read the Bible with excitement and, and make sure we carefully examine the scriptures. Number three, we also need to read the Bible with immense appetite. Amen. Can you imagine if you, if you are in a restaurant and you are really hungry. And boy, they put in front of you your favorite Delicacies, food. There is mungo there. There is adobo there. There is steak there. Wow. Yeah. Did, you hear, did you hear the story about the guy who came from the Philippines to here and he was sitting beside all these American people and he don't know what to order so they ordered steak and so he started listening. The other guy said steak, steak, steak. Steak. So when it comes to him, he said, I'll order steak. Then the, the waiter asked again, how do you like your steak? Medium, medium, medium. When it comes to him, he said, oh, no, no, no. I want it large. <laughs> <laughs> I 
He must be hungry. But do you know that when you approach the Bible with that kind of attitude, that you are hungry before God, you are hungry for His Word, that you are reading the Bible with the idea that it is God speaking to you, I submit to you this morning, that Bible will speak to you. That Bible will encourage you. Remember what I told you before? I shared one of my experiences that I will never forget when it comes to the Word of God. Is that when I was, when I, when I, I, had, I was sick with hernia and I was praying, God, heal me, heal me, please, God. It hurts. And we don't have the money to go to the doctor. And I was saying, and my sister said, the Lord can heal you. And I said, God, please let me know. How can I be so sure that you're going to heal me? I opened the Bible. And to my surprise, the Lord directed me to Mark eleven twenty five. It was so amazing. My eyes was, was directed right there on that verse. And the verse said, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it and you will have it. I submit to you this morning, that verse become alive. That verse become so real to me. I closed my Bible and I said, thank you, Jesus. I'm healed. Hallelujah. It's still there. But the pain started to go away. And then I, I was able to walk again. And to my surprise, I forgot all about it. And one day, I realized I am completely healed. Why? Because the Bible is real. You know, when I was growing up, we used to sing the beautiful song. Every promise in the book is mine. How many knows the song? Every chapter, every verse, every line. I am trusting in His word. Divine. Every promise in the book is mine, mine, mine. Jesus is mine. I tell you. That's how we need to approach the Bible. We need to be excited about it. Because if you don't, we're going to miss God's voice. We need to be hungry for the word. Look at what the word of God said. Jesus said this. He said, but he replied, it's been written, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone. But by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Amen. You can be so full physically that you are gaining weight. But you can be so skinny spiritually if you are not reading the Bible. And many times... We tend to forget. And, they are, and, and many times the enemy used that excuses to all of us. He said what? I've read that before. I have read it already. Read it again. I know, but I know it already. And boy, the enemy will use that. But how many can give a testimony that when you read it again, there's something new coming how many can agree with me this morning that when you read it again and again, it's getting fresher and fresher, powerful and wonderful. Why? Because the Bible is alive. 
immense, hungry. You can't live without it. If we realize this morning that how we treat the Bible will determine how you're going to have a wonderful relationship with God. Will you read the Bible? It's how you respond to the word of God. Josiah responded with humility and bowed down in the presence of God. The Berean church read the Bible with, with sensitivity and awareness and comparing how the word are real for them. And then when you come to the point in your walk with the Lord, because you see, if you don't have that appetite in reading the Bible, I submit to you, you will not enjoy reading the Bible. And many times, there's a lot of Christians, they have been Christian for years. And they don't even know that there is soft drinks in the Bible. Habakkuk. Hab. They've been Christian for years. They don't even know that there is a car in the Bible. They gather together in one accord. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> he said it last Friday. Do you know that the first computer is Apple? Only one bite and it destroys it all. That's a good one. That's a good one. But you know what, though? I am here just not to simply, uh, not to simply to say it is. Because many times, you know, when parents were talking to their children, and they know what the parents is going to, I told you before that you don't do that. You're supposed to. The moment the parents will say that to their children, their children will make a, a turnaround and say, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and many times when you, when you are in the pulpit and you preach about something that you have heard, it will be the same attitude. Okay, I know, I know, I know, but I pray the Holy Spirit will encourage us this morning, this morning to understand that it is important. Beautiful story was told about this man. He was a wayward child, he left his family took some money from, their, from, the, from, from his parents and wasted it all out. And then when he found out that his father passed away, he went back just to attend the funeral service. After the funeral service, they had this reading of the will from the attorney. And the attorney started reading the will about the, about the sister and the other brother. And, the, and when, it, when it came to his turn, the attorney said, And this son of man, this son of mine is wayward. He is a pain. He always disobeyed me and he ran away. And the son got so upset. He said, I can't stand this. He left. And then years have passed by, came back. And the sister told him, you should have not left. Because you missed the most important part. After dad said that you are a wayward son, I still make a commitment to give him $15,000, which is during that time is a big amount of money. 
And many times when we read the Bible, we have the same attitude as that wayward son. We read and said, nah, I don't like what the Bible is saying. I don't read it anymore. But you see, you missed it. Because out of that correction, there is that promise. There is that provision. There is that, how, that word of God that he will continue to supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Don't stop because you don't like what verse what that verse is saying. Keep on reading. Because at the end of that, there will be a promise for all of us. You see, this morning I want you to understand this. I thank God that I'm a, that God has brought me to this place at ICC. And I, I was, you know, pray for us next, this week. We will be attending our general council, our district council. And, and they, uh, they, someone called me from the district office and they asked me, said, how long have you been a pastor at ICC? Told him, he said, been here for 25 years. <sighs> God is good. God is faithful. But I submit to you, when we started, when I started and we started this church, we always have in the back a commitment that we're going to read the Bible for one year. And by God's grace and by God's mercy, we were able to fulfill and follow that commitment. Because I want you to know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So this morning, I hope that you're going to listen to me. Last week, we talked about why I trust the Bible. It's because why? It's trustworthy. It's real. It's unique. Amen? It is supernatural. And this morning, how do I read the Bible? I need to read it with reverence. I need to read it with what? Excitement. I need to read it with what? An immense appetite. And I need to read it with what? Devotion. Our leaders have this wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful way of reading the Bible. And we, we practice that. And, and, and as we practice this, it's important to you to understand. When you read the Bible, here is a good way to practice it. You know, in your Bible, write the word space. S-P-A-C-E. When you read the Bible, use that, uh, that acronym space. Every time you read the verse, ask that question. Is there sin that I need to confess? Is there attitude that I need to change? Is there a command that I need to follow? Is there a, an example that I need to see? The moment you follow that space acronym, you're going to read the Bible devotionally. Let's all stand this morning.